once this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Hi, Paul. Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad. It, it seems to have flown by. It's in the last few days. I've, I don't know where they've gone. It's like we played on Sunday. We're back on Friday. It's, my head's up my backside at the moment. <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's been okay. No dramas. I've not been ill. I've not broke my phone. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good week then. Talking about breaking technology at Parker, I had a little play with the AI bot today at work. And uh, the technology's there, Park. It blows your mind, really, what you can do with them. Yeah, it terrifies me. I was at my, my, my brother's the other week, one of my brothers, and he's got one of these, I, I don't even know what they're called, you know, you put the headset on and, and you go into a different world kind of thing. And it, I thought, wow, this is brilliant. And I thought, if this is the future. It's got no need for us anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I'm very worried about all that. Very worried about people having work. All our jobs are going to get taken up by robots. I'm terrified. And it, it may rugby a bit more. Yeah, I think I fancy it. But yeah, I mean, the tech, like you say, the technology's there. And we, we're not far off now from some massive advances, I think, where everything's just going to be virtual and you won't have to move out of your house to do whatever it is you need. So yeah, good advance. But I dare, dare say it's a bit of fun. Yeah. I think the, the thing you're worried about is when you drop your phone, your phone might get up and drop you. That <laughs> 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 might be the thing to, to worry about, Parker. But you know what I did? Just out of curiosity, I asked it about our podcast, and oh. this is what it said. It said, Devil in the Detail, SRD, Sulphur Red Devils in brackets, is a weekly podcast that discusses all things related to Sulphur Red Devils Rugby League. The podcast features interviews with players, coaches, and other important figures in the world of Rugby League. It also includes analysis, predictions, and discussions about the team performances, upcoming matches, and other Rugby League news. The podcast is hosted by Rob Parkinson, Paul Whiteside, and Parker, who are all passionate Sulphur Red Devils fans. They bring fun and informative perspectives to the show and provide insights into the team's performances that only true fans can provide. So the Devil in the Detail SRD is a must-listen for any Soul Red Devil fan or rugby league enthusiast looking for entertaining and informative podcasts about one of the UK's top rugby league teams. Well, yeah. I mean, we, I, don't, I literally don't think we could have put it any better. Mm. Uh, well, maybe technology is that. That's that, yeah. No, that's fine. Just get it on here and say go from me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's really good. I've, I've never seen it like that before. Oh, that was very good. That get that in the in the papers. Yeah, and and the other the other bit the last couple of weeks. It hasn't been me. It's been it's been me, bot <laughs> doing this, not me. <laughs> no, it has. What? <laughs> but yeah, it just... that could explain the Paul White side being missing all the time. True. True, because I've got the round to have two of us. <laughs> but yeah, so that was amazing. That blew my mind. So that's what I've been doing. There's loads to go out this week. Obviously, going to look back at the Wakefield in, look at all the big news coming out of the club this week, a wide sides World of Rugby League, and then we're going to preview the Wigan game on Friday night. So we'll start with the Wakefield win on Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils beat Wakefield in Golden Point extra time. Mark's knee drop goal was enough to see Salford win 14 points to 13. Parker, the game wasn't a thriller, but it went right to the wire. Yeah, you could say that. I must admit, I was very disappointed with 
With the whole thing, really, not just... I mean, I thought our performance was way off. And I think if we'd have played anybody with a little bit of confidence behind them the other day, we wouldn't have picked up the two points. I mean, we stretched it as far as we could. We looked... I don't know. There was something... I don't know what it was. I mean, personally, I, I think... And I may be wrong, and Paul Rowley will probably never speak to me again for saying this, but... <laughs> I thought we underestimated Wakey a little bit. Mm. And I don't think we give him full respect. I thought we think we could just tear him apart by throwing the ball about without earning the right to, to get into positions to win the game. Oh, it's OK. We've got the ball. We'll score. We can do this. We can. And we're not the best team in the world. We're great at what we do, but we, there's a lot of things we don't do well. And we caused ourselves a lot of problems. Had to do a lot of defending because of sloppy ball handling and I think we just got carried away. I think the week before won't have helped us. When you're going putting 60 points on a decent team like Hull and you've got Wakey coming and not score for three weeks, does it get to... I don't know. I, I could be way off, you know. I don't, I don't want to question the players in what they do because you don't want someone walking into your workplace telling you you don't know what you're doing. But it was just it, just the whole game for me. Both teams, the referee in performance, the crowd, I thought it was all very disappointing as an event. Hmm. For me, though, Parker, it's a game we usually lose. So for us to win shows that we we have made progress in this journey that we're on. It wasn't fantastic rugby. It wasn't flowing rugby. We ground a result out. The three victories we've had so far this season, three different types of win. You went to Lee in the Bear Pit and won. You went to Hull, played Champagne Rugby and won. And then when it got tough against Wakefield, partly from our own errors, which we'll go on to in a bit, we managed to find a way. And that's for me, shows positivity that if we have to find a way to win differently, we can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a win's a win at the end of the day. And at the end of the season, we'll look at the, the league table and them two points will be on there. That's mm. all. You, you could ask me this time next year and I'll have forgotten about that game because it was, it was very forgettable. But at the end of the day, if we finish in the playoffs, just by the two points that we got on, Sunday, then I'm I'm happy with that. I think it reminded me very much of the old KR game, mm. a game that I thought early on I thought we're in control here. We look good, we look slick, and then the ball went to ground so many times. And against old KR, who were a, a fairly decent team, and they did have players missing that day as well, but they they punished us for it. Wakefield, they've got players missing. Wakefield as well, they've not got the confidence. They're not as good a team as as old KR. And so we got away with it a little bit there. And I agree with what you're saying. You know, there have been three different wins and it doesn't matter how you win. Just win. And on the point of that they're the games we usually lose, I think in the last few years, I think we've had the edge in that kind of game. I think we have come out on top in recent years. Years years gone by, yeah. We, we'd, have, we'd have crumbled. Probably wouldn't have got to Golden Point because they'd have scored with a minute to go and took the game away from us. I've seen it so many times and last minute defeats. So... We are a different animal now. There's no doubt about it. And I think, I think it shows how far we've come. That I am disappointed that we've won a game with a, a drop goal. It should be exciting. It should be edge of the seat stuff. But I mentioned to you off air that even when the drop goal went over, I didn't feel joy or it, it was more of a right, it's over. You know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get that euphoric feeling I get when we win or when we even score. I was relieved, I think. I think that's mm. all it was, that we'd, we'd scrape through it. Because, like you say, still in your mind, you're thinking, they could take this. If we don't get this drop goal, they've got six, 
to get down the other end and, and have a crack themselves. And they were making big meters, Wakey. They were they were really punishing us. I think we we'd shown a bit of t- fatigue. Obviously, losing players week in week out, and I'm going to bring players in who Matty Costello and and Addy and people like that who haven't played a lot. It is going to take it out of them. So, at the end of the day, it is a win. Um, but I think I think it was your first taste of rugby. You, you probably think twice about going again. Yeah, obviously looking through the timeline, Salford opened the scoring with Costello. A great try from him. Lovely work from Ryan Bradley sends him through the hole to score. Obviously, I like to call him eight out of ten Costello because he comes in and does a great job, and and that proves that on Sunday. Absolutely. I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a, a really solid game for it. For a lad that doesn't play very often, in the time he's been with us, I mean, I've been with him, what, three, four years? He's been out on loan more than he's played for the first team. But he is. He doesn't let you down, does he? I mean, when he was at Saints, he, you know, he's a good, promising player. So he's definitely got that in him. He's a good player to have in your squad. And he came in the other day, did not, nothing wrong. Like, he admitted himself one interview that I listened to that, he, you know, towards the last back end of the game he was feeling it and he will do but he still did his job well and it was a good try that and that's what I think got us a bit excited as well because we saw that flowing rugby again we thought oh here we go this is he's on this we could get we could put a score on him but obviously it didn't quite turn out that way yeah and Wakefield hit back with with a try forward pass a mile, yeah, but yeah. things it's all swings and roundabouts in it. Some get decisions you get, some you don't. But Wakefield haven't scored in three games, so we'll uh, we'll give them that one. Yeah, I think. Well, one of the things we'd all said before the game was there's one thing for sure that even though they haven't scored for three games, they were going to score on Sunday. They they were going to score against us, whether it was one or you know five tries. They were going to score at least one. It just mm. had to happen. But yeah, it was forward. I've seen it back. It's definitely forward. There's no. I can't, the, the linesman's right there watching it as well. I don't understand. And these, the linesman and noticed on, on Sunday were referees as well, weren't they? Were at, you know, because there was nothing else on the, you know, the Super League game. So they should be able to do better. But I thought, we can talk about it in a bit, but I thought some of the decisions were absolutely baffling. Not sure. I think rules were being made up as they went along. But Noble Wakefield worked hard to get themselves into them positions quite a lot during the game. And that, that was just. I mean, it was a lovely play to get him to that position. A great ball out to the wing and then back inside. It was, it was lovely rugby, but it was a forward pass. Yeah. So at that point, Ben Park, it became a bit of an arm wrestle. Wakefield had tried this loud. We had a chance to, with Cross, and then Wakefield did score. Kicked to the corner, error, and Reese Lynn went over in the corner. Wakefield were in front. And I was thinking, oh, here we go. Yeah, we seem to have a real Achilles heel off kicks. We concede a lot of tries from short kicks or anything towards you know towards our line. We don't, but the teams a distance out. I don't feel any like we we tear team, teams apart doing that. We can score from our own half. Hmm. Don't see that a lot with other teams. But when they get near our line, I think we we analyse how many tries we've conceded this year and how many have actually come off kicks. That's quite quite worrying. Maybe something that. You know, other teams have, have targeted with us. I thought it was a poor try to concede, really, that one. Unlike the first one where I think Wake had worked hard to get over the line, it, we kind of gifted it them. And, we, you know, we don't want to be doing that. And again, that's where I think that intensity wasn't quite there with us. I, I don't think, the week before, I don't think they scored that. So, uh, but yeah, Wakefield worked hard enough to get to get themselves in the game. And, and 
off the back of our errors had took the lead. Yeah, so we had to find our way back in, which we did. I think we had we had four kind of sets on their line. They turned over the ball a couple of times. We built pressure, and Chris Atkin done it over from done half to to go over and put us in front. Bang on the Utah. Yeah, a bit of smart play from from Chris. I thought he had another good game, by the way. Yeah, and it it was kind of uh, brother turned to me at, at half time just as we went over, he, and the guy sits on the other side of me, a guy comes down from Rochdale with brought his full family this week and they both sort of said we've stolen that half you know what I mean I don't think we deserve to be going in leading at that point but obviously you take it but yeah it was it was a bit I think I think Wakefield would be disappointed with that and I think that highlighted a lot of their problems this year it was quite I mean it was well played by Chris Atkin but I think it was a fairly simple try that you would expect to keep up But, but Chris has got that in his game He's a canny player. And uh, yeah, so it, I mean, it was a relief there. And I thought from that point on, I thought, right, we'll come out in the second half. We'll kick on now. At Hull, the week before, we scored two tries in the first couple of minutes of the second half. And I, I kind of expected something similar. Thought we'd get hold of the game at that point, but we just didn't push on. Yeah, we're joined by Paul Whiteside, the real Paul Whiteside, not a AI bot. How are you doing, Paul? Hiya, Rob. Hiya, Parky. Yeah, hey, the Paul White side. Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? Yeah, good. Good. Very Just well. looking at talking about the second half against Wakefield. For me, Paul, it was Wakefield were kind of happy just to roll down the middle looking for tight defenders or lazy defenders and half forwards didn't give them anything and they weren't particularly threatening. I don't think we were happy for them to sort of drive five and kick to us and we were happy to bring the ball back and we just kept unfortunately, turning the ball over near their 20, near their line. And that kind of happened for like 15 minutes in that second half. Yeah, I I thought Wakefield throughout the match defended really well. I thought they played like a team that was nervous because they'd not scored a point for three matches. I think they're a team that was pretty desperate, really. I think they were very conservative because they were frightened to make a mistake. I think they really, really just wanted to get a result, didn't they? I think they had to settle for a draw. Uh, I never really felt that threatened about them scoring loads of points. I mean, they took the two tries well that they scored, but in that second half, they were, yeah, they sort of went through the motions and didn't really offer much, but... Without sounding like a bit of a snob, I thought they didn't slow it down, but they did and they didn't. But that that's part and parcel of the game. I don't, I'm not moaning about that because I think it's your right to slow it down. But if you know what I mean, they, they didn't want us to play at a quick tempo uh, because they obviously knew they'd done their own work on us. I think you know, watching that whole game, I think you've got to hand it to their coach. I think he got his tactic spot on. Obviously, they didn't get the result, but uh, I thought they, they deserved the draw. Me, I, I thought they, for large parts of that game, they were the better side for me, and uh, I thought we got out of jail a bit in that second half. Uh, yeah, I thought we we bombed a lot of chances that we had. Uh, yeah, poor poor game really, but yeah, I think a draw would have been a fair result. When you say you think they were the better team, I don't agree with that because they didn't seem to threaten us. They just all they were happy to do was just come down the middle and kick and look for an error. And there was nothing... You got the penalty, which was which is a bit dubious for me. And then, obviously, we got into drop goal territory then. So, we were the aggressor. We were strong in defence. We were trying to open Wakefield up. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand how, how you think they were the better side throughout. 
I don't know. I thought they put a lot into the game. I thought I thought they defended pretty well. Thought they took they scored two good tries and yeah, maybe they weren't. And then maybe I'm feeling sorry for them a bit, but <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't think we we were that good. I thought we were poor. I thought we we made poor options. I think there was a time in that second half where we should have kicked a penalty, mm. and we wouldn't have had any of that. Who are in about the drop goals and that because we all won the game. For me, that was a that was a given. It was a tight game. You bang in front of the sticks. You take the two points, and I think that that almost bit us on the backside. That so yeah, perhaps I am being a bit being a bit kind to wait. I just felt a bit sorry for him because it was a it was one of those games where I'm not a big fan of this golden point. I think when you've got two sides going at each other there after the eighty minutes, I think it should be a draw. But I was delighted we got the result because for me, if we'd have lost the game. You've just won by 60 points at Hull and then you loot that game. It's like taking a real leap forward and then two steps backwards. So it'd have been frustrating because what's the point going winning by 60 against Hull and then losing at home to Wakefield? It, mm. it really does. It really sort of stops that momentum. So now we've got that result. You're going to Wigan flying with two wins under your belt. So, so yeah, at the end of the game, like we spoke to Paul Rowley, he wasn't really bothered about the performance. It was the two points. It was getting the win. And that's what it's all about at the moment, isn't it? So, yeah, without waffling on, I thought we got dragged back down to earth a little bit by Wakefield. But I think you were playing a desperate Wakefield team. They'd not scored, as I said, for, for three matches. They were desperate. So uh, to get the win, I think, is a good one. Yeah, what's your thoughts on that that second half? Back? I thought, like, the longer it goes on, more nerves setting. Uh, After... I do kind of agree with Paul that I thought Wakefield were actually better. That's why I'm saying at the end of the first half when we went in at half-time winning, we'd, we'd stolen it at the end of the game. We all said, I think we've nicked that. I think we've stolen that game from Wakefield. Not because both teams were poor, but in that second half, we were very much one out, one-man rugby, boring, Sean McRae-style stuff. And I think we'd learned it from the first half because we just kept dropping the ball that, that that might be the way to go. But I didn't see anything that kind of excited me from us. I don't think we were that good at all. I'm not saying... I'm saying Wakefield might have been marginally better. There's no real difference between the two. So they're the away side and we're supposed to be fourth in the table. So I think somebody said to me after the game, if you're a Wakefield fan, you're walking away from that game going... Hang on, how are these fourth in the table and we're bottom without a win? Because there wasn't anything between the teams, really. I thought we'd just run out of ideas. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think that the halfbacks end up creating an awful lot, which is a worry. That are, obviously, again, going back to our forwards, we know we haven't got big forwards. So when we're trying to drive it out and drive it out, we're not getting very far. But the one player that, that we missed massively strangely enough, was a back Tim Lafay because hmm. he causes havoc in, in defences. When he gets the ball, he does make metres. He gets you on a front foot. We get a quick play the ball. I thought that was slow. And again, like Paul said, maybe that was them slowing us down and not being punished perhaps for that. I don't know. Uh, and it's a tactic we could use because it was that many times where Wakefield seemed to get the run on us a little bit at the, the play the ball. Liam Hood, until he, until he went off, I thought was... We caused us a few problems, but overall, look, it, it wasn't a great game. As I said before, it kind of reminded me of the old KR game, but this time we got away with it. And at the end of the day, it's two points. So as long as Paul Roll is happy with what he's got out of it, that's all that matters now. It's one for the history books, isn't it? I'd rather 
like I said to you before, Rob, I, I wouldn't dream of watching it again. I think it was it was that poor. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to die on this hill, though, lads, because our turnover balls happened being aggressive. We we threw the ball into touch once. Reese Williams dropped the ball over the line once. We knocked the ball. I think was it uh, Costello kind of tried to basketball pass it to Ryan Briley ten meters out, called it for a forward pass. So every every kind of penalty penalty or thing we gave the ball back to Wakefield, we were the we were the aggressor, and our defence was quite solid. Wakefield would just like I say wanted to come forward, making forty yards, k- kicking deep, looking for something out of nothing, if that makes sense. But Obviously, we all watch. We all watch the game, don't we? We all, you know, see it differently. But I think looking at the the big refereeing decisions, the the Shane Wright try, a lot of controversy on that. I've seen it again. The bomb goes up. Wright's on side. K spills the ball, and then Wright picks up a score. There's nothing there, Paul, for me to say why that try was disallowed. Joke decision, Rob. Hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah, that I thought it was play on to try. Yeah, I don't know where he got that one throw from. It was a disappointing decision again. Again, it's a lack of consistency from referees, isn't it? I mean, you get it all the time, don't you? I mean, what was wrong with that drop drop goal anyway? Sneeze last one. Did it not go over that? Because I thought that went over. Did somebody touch it? Because I thought that rule had changed. The Dupree one. No, the last drop goal. That yeah, in, I'll in come to that. Did. I'll come to that in a minute. The right, right. what was your thought, Parky, on the the right one? Because obviously. Yeah. My only my only thought was Kay was on his knees, so there might be some sort of weird sort of 1.3 rule that says if you're on your knees when you knock on, you've got to stop the play or something weird like that that no one ever kind of remembers, maybe. Uh, no, the referee just got it completely wrong. Okay. Uh, unless, <laughs> unless, see, I've not seen it back, but what, it, unless Kay has touched that ball twice or a Wakefield player has touched it after Kay has, that ball's still live. Mm. Right, picks it up and goes over. That's a try. It only it's only killed when you know the ball's dead when it's touched twice, or unless you know one of our players knocks it on at the same point. We know all that. So, but none of that appeared to have happened. I, like I said, I've not seen it back. But on first viewing, Kay's dropped that ball cold. We've picked it up and scored. Mm. The referee was too keen to give the knock on. Hmm. But he's got it wrong. He's got to let the play go on. There was no other, no other reason for it to, to go back. It's just a, a stupid decision. And one of many that, that the referee made, I, I couldn't make sense of half of these rules. A couple for, for Wakefield as well. I'm not just saying it was against us. There was one in the in the first half where it was clearly a dropout to Wakefield. And he gave, he gave us a tap on the 20. And everyone around us was saying, well, we, we've just put that ball out on purpose. Hmm. But for some reason, he took it back. And I was like, well, you can't. Sometimes you you get a referee who you think, has he got it in for us? Is there something about this? This Not with this guy. I just didn't think he had a clue. I don't think he really knew what he was doing. He was out of his depth a little bit. When you said he touched it twice, does it have to hit the floor or not? Because I, well, I've watched it back and I think he might kind of cat, try and catch it and then just fumble it. As forward, but well, if he's regathered it, he, he, if he's not if he's not touched another player, then he's not knocked off. Right. If he tries to catch it, it bounces out of his hand, touches another player, and goes back in his hand. That's a knock on. Yeah. So, but then it's he's dead. But now, if that's that's not happened, and I nobody, kind of, nobody's actually said to me that that's what's happened. No. So, 
it kind of came off his chest onto his fingertips onto the floor, and then right picks up us and scores. It's player. Right. Okay. So that's fine. So second one, the Sneed drop goal, mm-hmm. Paul. You you were, you obviously you said about that. The reason that one was disallowed was Tyler Dupree wasn't stood up when he played the ball. Ah, right. Okay. Which uh, is the I, correct decision. Yeah, well, whatever, but I, I just thought, why is it not been given? Because it went through the went through the post. Hmm. So I didn't I didn't realise. I thought there'd be some sort of discrepancy because someone said to me in the crowd, oh, it might, perhaps because someone either touched the ball that was going over, but I thought that rule had changed where it didn't make any odds. But that explains it then. Yeah, cool. yeah, because at the time when I was commentating, I was uh, I celebrated, and then he pulled it back, and I was thinking, "Well, what's he give it for, Parker?" And there was no, it was a signal, but it didn't make really clear that Dupree wasn't standing straight when he played it. I think sometimes referees just give us a better signal so people know how stuff he's given. Absolutely nail on the head, Rob. That was the worst thing on Sunday. The referee was giving decisions and nobody in the ground had a clue what he'd give it for. Yeah. Now, if he explains that he's seen something, or he thinks he's seen something, then that's fine. That, you can't do anything about that. The thing is about the Dupree thing is that how many players during that game didn't play the ball correctly? Mm. It happened a lot for both sides, but it happened a lot. And nobody got pulled up, or very rarely. And then when this one, the most one of the most important ones, he spots it and gives it. Yeah, like, well, be consistent. Yeah. Give it from the first minute to the last, or don't give it at all. But you can't make your mark your moments when you think you you can give a decision. It, you know, would if would you give it for you know if it hadn't gone over, or would have played on? Would he have actually gone back for it? I don't think he would. Mm. I think if he just said play on. Yeah, I just think what it was, he just wasn't in control. He kind of no. played it falling at the same time. Which is the right decision we have yeah. to make. We have to make the decision. But if he doesn't, referee doesn't signal that right correctly, the crowd are all looking at you saying, "Well, why is it not give it?" And that's the problem with not having TV or screens at every match because you could look at the screen and say, "Oh, that's why he's not give it mm-hmm. yourself." Because if you don't have a screen there, everyone's looking at everyone else, thinking, "So what?" So I don't understand why that's why that's not given. But correct decision, one correct decision, one wrong decision, which is fifty-fifty. Which is, I suppose, what being human. That's what we you know we can really expect. So, we're in drop goal world then now, with Sneed and Lino popping goals for it, with trying to pop goals, both of them. Um, you're not a big fan of this golden point thing, are you, Paul? Um, I don't know. I just, I just, it's another like thing we've got from Australia, isn't it? I mean, a draw's a draw, isn't it? At the end of mm. the day, you both played eight to me. I mean, perhaps for cup games and that, but for for league games, why do, why aren't we having draws? No, I don't, I don't know. I asked Paul Rowley and, and Danny Addy after the game, and they both said, "Oh yeah, I love it." But <laughs> yeah, because we won. So uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I'm just, I've seen some cracking games before that have ended up in draws, but it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm a bit undecided tonight, really. Yeah, I'm just chuckling to what you said there about uh, the referee this fifty-fifty. Well, well, if, I, if I got 50-50 at work, I'd get sacked. <laughs> You're keeping <laughs> Britain warm, though, Paul, so you can't keep one person warm, one person cold. <laughs> yeah, so, no, golden point. I think that game was exciting. There's no doubt about that. That sort of last five or ten minutes of the game, it was on a knife edge when it was really thrilling. When we dropped that goal, there was only one thing Wakefield had in their minds when they got the ball back was you drive to the post and drop a goal. They just wanted something out of that game. They were desperate, wanted it for anything. And when we went to the extra time, as soon as they knocked on, 
you knew that ball was going to go to Sneed. And I think that's the beauty of having Mark Sneed in your team. He's such a talisman. I mean, his goal kicking is tremendous. And if he gets half a sniff of a drop goal, it's so measured the way the ball goes back to him. There's no flapping it. He never sort of scuffs it. It's going over as soon as he gets that ball. So, yeah, I think in that sort of situation, we're quite well looked after with Mark Sneed in the team. Yeah, I think the best thing about Mark Sneed Parkett is Lino misses the goal, misses his attempt at a drop goal, goes dead, so we have to start on our 20. And at that point, he's screaming at everybody to calm down because he wants everyone's blood pressure to go down and heart rate to go down because in that situation, it's cool heads that win win the war, Parkett. And I, and I think, obviously, he goes, you go the other end, he misses, which is which is fine. But then he has the, I'm going to say, the, the Kahulas to go again next time we get within 15 20 metres of the goal, he demands the ball and he goes again. And that, and that shows what he's all about and dealing with that pressure. Yeah, he, he did miss one. I think, uh, going on the golden point thing, by the way, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not a massive fan when it comes to a league game. I think, like we've said there, I think Wakefield deserved some out of that game. And, you know, if we go to Wigan on Friday night and it's all level at full time, we'd be absolutely buzzing. And then you go, oh yeah, but we're actually... You know, when you get a drop goal in the first second of the golden point, you worked all that all that time away at a place like Wigan and come away with nothing. I mean, it's, it seems a bit harsh to me, and it's I don't know, it's not in our culture, but that's that's the way it is. Um, he's, we, we we mentioned it the week before, and a few, well, a few times he's grown up, he's developed that much now. He's not just a playmaker, he's not a kicker, he's he's an all round, you know, quality halfback who leads us around the park, and he's exactly what we need. And I think he's—I think he's grown so much. I know he—you know—he's—he's he's in his thirties, and he should do. But he's—he's uh, he's a much, much better player now. Even I think he plays better now for us than he did for Hull, and that's a bold statement for a man that's won a couple of—you know—Atlanta Todd trophies. But my only concern was when it got into to Golden Point and or to, towards the end, and people were trying to lamp drop goals all over, was that right, you get a seven tackle set. And we, we, but we weren't getting out of our half. We, we were struggling to the halfway. And I thought, we're going to have to do something special. And it turned out to be a, an error from Wakefield that got us past the halfway line. Because I was terrified. I don't think we'd have got out of our own half. Mm. And Wakefield would have had a six, six tackle set in our half. And that would, have, that would have killed us. So it came at the right time that. We, again, we got out of jail a little bit. But, uh, but having someone like Sneedy in the team is... It, it's just, it gives you everything. I mean, if, if we'd have got a penalty, you'd have backed him all day to boot it. So, you know, no, no matter how you're going to win the game, you're going to win it. At the end of the day, he, he's done his he's done his job. What I would have liked to have seen is a little bit of variation, though, because it was set up so much that Mark Sneed's dropping this, that everyone's going to charge out at Mark Sneed. You know, maybe stick a Ryan Brill at the side and make him think, hang on a minute, who's getting this? He's, or mm. where's Brody crofting all this? You know, it, it was kind of... And I was like, they're going to give it Sneed, they're going to give it Sneed and know where it's going. And if I know where it's going, they know where it's going. But he was just that far back on that drop goal. And he, I mean, did he wallop that? Mm. He hit it that hard. I mean, he's only 10 yards out. I think it's gone over by a flyover. Mm. Give it a proper crack, but... Yeah, I mean, he saved the day, as he has done many times for, for all the clubs he's pe- played for, and uh, he's a real asset to have in our team, isn't he? It's ice cold, and that's what it is. That's pressure, and it, and that's why we've got him. That's why we, 
we obviously brought him in because in pressure situations, I do like, you know, when they fake. But if you fake, you've got to score. Because if you don't, then you're turning the ball over. Not even that, but someone to be there to to take a drop goal anyway. Mm. You know, if you're going for your point, well, you're not you're not setting up out wide. It doesn't matter because everybody knows where it's going. Mm. So why don't you put two or three bodies there and let them go? Well, which one of these is getting this ball? Yeah, yeah. There was no there was no diversion tactic. It was just Mark Sneed's getting that. Go and get him. And for I mean Sneed again, like I say, he knows where to be. He knew where to be positioned. Just how far out, you know. And I, when I'm saying this, I'm not I'm not trying to criticise. I'm just you know I'm just throwing in a. Yeah, yeah, a little thing that I'd like to see, but at, at the end of the day, didn't matter. It went over. We we got the points. Yeah, I think once we did it with was it Inu? I think we did a fake, and, he, and him and I think it might have been. I don't know really. Was it may have been Hastings or someone? Was and they just switched it, and he he dropped the goal or something like that. You know what I mean? That I suppose okay. I suppose it depends on how you set up really. But like you say, Max, he's, he just knows how to do it, doesn't he? So he, he's like an artist. He knows where who's going to get the ball, where he's going to go, and he just positions himself in the right position and give me the ball and I'll do the rest. And that's and that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Me and you, Paul, spoke to Paul Rowley, Reese Williams and Danny Addy after the game. And this is what they had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Golden play extra time wins a bit of a roller coaster, aren't they, Paul? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, it, it. Was stressful. Um, you, you know, you you're hoping for something, aren't you? I thought we could have had an eye tackle in. It were in that set there, but um, gets gave us some uh, field position. Uh, and you just pray you don't make an error, and you, you know you you're praying for a gift if you like. Um, but ultimately, uh, there were nothing given either way. And, uh, and 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 to be fair to our boys, they they earned the field position, and then like like you said before, Sneedy uh, held his his nerve and and did did what he's done many times before. So um, yeah, I'm, we're, we're really pleased to come through it, and it could have gone either way. So we acknowledge that you know it, um, if if Wakey had won, I wouldn't have no qualms about it, and you know so uh, we're certainly not we're not doing backflips so or uh, you know bouncing off the ceiling yeah different kind of win from, from last week obviously Hull throwing all the ball about you know wonderful tries this week that's a grand out result yeah and, and and they're a tenacious side defensively obviously they played against Wigan and and, and it went wrong, wrong for them on that occasion but other than that they, you know they've showed a lot of uh, resilience in defence and, and, and previewing them we, we, we saw that as well um, it's been you know quite, quite difficult to break down and I thought they did a good job on us on on, on most occasions, I thought our best, our best uh, cause of ac- cause of action was uh, Route One up the middle. Uh, I, I, but I don't think either team found it hard to make yards up the middle. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was a case of being tidy with the ball, completing eye, just take your three metres up the middle, and uh, and and getting with field position at the end. So uh, which we didn't do in the first half, uh, but we we got more of that in the second half, and uh, and that enabled us to come through. Any more injuries to report? Obviously, we've got a few. But just some cuts, really. Just just a few cuts in there, but uh, n- nothing nothing uh, notable that is going to worry us for 
uh, well a short turnaround actually in five days isn't it going to Wigan so yeah yeah Big test, obviously Wigan, you know, good, t- good team away from home, a big, big test obviously with your sort of mm. what you've done. Well, it's a huge test, more, more, more so that it's, like I said, it's a short turnaround, doesn't do, does us no favours, but um, yeah, again, as I always say, we, we brush ourselves off and, and we'll get ready for the next one. Brilliant. Cheers, Paul. Cheers. I'd like to say Paul Roller joins me. A bit different from last week, Paul. Difficult game today, Wakefield defended pretty well didn't for, uh, for spells, you had to be tough. Yeah, um, really pleasing to get the win in the in tough circumstances against a team who were, um, you know, super motivated and and, and scrapping for everything really. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we'd like we would have liked to have been better at. Um, however, you know, the pleasing thing is the result, and that's that's probably the most important important thing at this moment in time. I think it to myself in that second half. I thought this is a game that's going to slip away from us this yeah. one. And in, in credit to Salford, I think credit to Wakefield as well. I mean, a draw probably would have been a fair result. Mm. But are you a fan of Golden Point every time? Uh, I am today. But have you had much experience with it before? It's the first one that I, I, I was here when we we got the uh, the try against Catalan the Challenge Cup uh, game the Warrington, yeah. but. Um, but yeah, no, that. But as a head coach, that's the, my first experience of it. So yeah, it's uh, it's a relief really, and uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a um, high low emotion type thing. So uh, you, you know, we've gone, we, we'll feel good tonight. You know, we'll come through that. But they, I would imagine uh, on the other end of it, that it, have been pretty demoralising for them boys. Who's worked hard enough to to get something out of the game, you know? I'll give them that 100%. They did, and uh, if they'd uh, if they had nicked the win at the end, we'd have had no qualms about it. They deserved it. We would have had no issues there. Um, probably other than the um, Shane Wright try that we should have had after knock on. That's a bit. That was a bit. That's uh, a funny decision. A weird one. Uh, I thought that. Why is? I mean, why would you think that's been been called back? I mean, it's normally no, play on, isn't it? Which is strange. Never seen that before, so yeah, it was a bit uh, a bit puzzling that one. But after last week, it was important to get a result today, wasn't it? By hook or by mm. crook, I suppose you did all that hard work at Hull, win by sixty, you know, score sixty mm. points. So to get the two points today, it just keeps that momentum going, doesn't it? Yeah, it just puts them in the bag early. You know, we we understand that the season, as the season progresses, that our boys are getting uh, more match fit. Uh, it's, it's no secret that we had a disruptive pre-season. Quite a lot of lads have not done a pre-season, so so we we will uh, we grow and, and improve on the move, which uh, you know c- can can sometimes make for um, you know, some scrappy moments or some lack of fluency and connectivity in defence. So, um, but yeah, we you know we we understand that and and, and we work hard and, and we're quite honest in our. Um, in our reviews with each other and so uh, yeah but I think ultimately today to come through that in the manner that the game was and the things that kind of didn't really get much go our way as well I thought you know so uh, in that respect you know, it's quite easy to put your head down and uh, and like you said before you could you know go in your shell and think that the world's against you a little bit but they held the nerve and uh, Sneedy was the sharp, shoot, sharp shooter in the end Mike Costello I thought came back in and did a good job for you. Danny Addy seems to have been out for ages, and he's yeah. eight and a half months. And he's yeah. come back in there, and that must be pleasing for you to get some yeah. bodies back. Pleasing for for us and Danny, and uh, you know, in, in the real world, be, he would have been playing outside in the reserves, and yeah. but that, that's 
that's the thing we we, we have to put lads in like Danny and uh, be, be really spurring with his minutes and because uh, it's quite evident when when they get to the end of the spell they fall in a hole a little bit there. But and same for Cosy, Cosy's not he's not played because we've not been able to put him out on dual because we've been one injury off losing a back, so we've been we've had to be careful with him. Um, and so for him to come in today and show the enthusiasm, it wasn't polished uh, from him. And, and obviously Tim Lafayette takes some replacing, but what Cosy brings is character and enthusiasm. So, uh, you know, everybody loves Cosy for that. Um, he's, he's a popular character and so it was good for him to, to pull a shirt on today, to be honest. Yeah. Tim Lafayette, did he pull up in the, the warm-up? He pulled up in team run, so uh, we're just he's, he's he's got an hamstring issue. We need to get scanned, and then we'll see the severity of that, and that'll determine, um, yeah, how, how long he's out for. But yeah, but he'll be out now, so I'm not sure how long yet. Have we got anybody else edging back for next week at Wigan? Um, no. Joel Burgess not. Close. Oh, Budgie, Budgie, yeah, I, I think Budgie will be up for selection. Yeah. Yeah, he said to me on the way out, he seemed up for next week he always seems to want to play against his old club yeah. what do you expect going there next week well, it's not his choice is it but, no no yeah. no, no. <laughs> I think he's in with a chance isn't he yeah. um, so yeah um, as I said earlier I think you go to Wigan since I've been watching them since 1980 you know what you're getting from Wigan they're kicking you in the corner they're bashing you and uh, they're giving you absolutely nothing so without getting technical that's pretty much what will we'll be on Friday it's a short turnaround for us so there's a, a challenge in there in itself um, but yeah, it's, it's it's wigging away and uh, and and it's uh, and it's tough and it'll be brutal and uh, but yeah, we'll enjoy it and look forward to it. So these are the kind of games you want to test yourself in, though, Paul, aren't they? You, know, you have yeah. that glint in your eye when you go in these games, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we said it last year, didn't we? We we, we look forward to the Saints game because they were the champions. So uh, and, and if you remember after that Saints game and then around Easter time, we the biggest upset we couldn't go with our full team, mm-hmm. but our boys pulled off a, a, a fantastic performance that day. Uh, with 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 a with a broken team, so uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he, we've got a bit of character in this side, so uh, we might have to dig deep on Friday. Good luck, Paul. Thanks Cheers. very much for speaking to us, mate. Thank you. Right, delighted to say Danny Addy joins me. You've been a long time out injured, haven't you? How good was it to get back out there today? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, like I said, it's been uh, eight and a half months. Um, it's a long time when you. When you like doing what you do so much, you know what I mean, being, being away and uh, not feeling a part of it, what what, uh, what hardest thing, but hopefully that's in past now and it was nice to get a few minutes under my belt. Tough game as well, wasn't it? How tough was it out there? I mean, it was a ding-dong game, really, wasn't it? After <laughs> yeah, the 60 well, points we put on last week, so... That's it, yeah. They're not always going to be 60 pointers, are they? We, that we sort of expected a bit of a scrappy game and stuff that we sort of spoke about. Uh, we didn't do too well at first. Well, we didn't do too well. Uh, throughout the game, but we managed to just clean on it in there, and it's obviously don't matter how you get them done. Two points is two points. Mark Sneed and Mason Lino trading drop goal. It's like a game of tennis between them two yeah. at the end there, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was good. So I, I was off at time, so you know, bums getting bums off seats, and um, yeah, will have been exciting for fans, but definitely not for us. We're going away next week. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, definitely. So as a, you know, don't come much tougher than. Then we're going away, but short turn round as well. So we'll probably look at this game tomorrow, and then uh, eyes will be straight on Wigan. But yeah, like you say, tough one. But we're looking forward to it. What did Paul Rowley have to say to you after the end of the game today? Because it was it was a difficult game. I think you got Wakefield a lot of credit because they they, they tackled well, didn't they? What did Paul have to say to you? Was he was he a bit cross with that game as you like? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, he said most of his stuff at half time. What we spoke about at half time. 
we didn't really say too much, you know, after the game. We just, um, you know, we, we got not lucky, but you know, would have preferred not to let it get that close and win like that. But um, you know, you have to find a way sometimes, and, and we did. And yeah, you were a fan of Golden Point, or do you think you should have been a draw? Golden Point. Only because you won. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we won, yeah. That just makes it exciting, doesn't it? I've, I've been on end of a lot of them on the other end of them, um, and they're not nice. So can't actually remember the last time I won one. So this can't remember the last time I won a Golden Point. So it's nice to see you back yeah. in the team, mate. Nice Thanks for the second time to Cheers, talk to us, Danny. All the best, mate. So joined by Reese Williams. Big win today. Yeah, good to get the win. Uh, not the prettiest of games, but. Um, you know, it was important two points. Yeah, obviously, golden point extra time. What's that like as a player? Obviously, you know, and, and one point wins it. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when you've got the caliber and Mark's need to kick goals, uh, you've got to put, put the, uh, the player ball in the right place and let him do his thing. And uh, he's a good goal kicker, and we should have probably got it done and dusted in the, in the normal time. But yeah, good to get the win. What do you think of the season so far? Up to fourth, playing well? Getting better, I think. Um, started the season, you know, pretty well, and then dropped off and sort of starting to pick things back up so it's just important to get them two points early on so yeah we could just keep trying to get better what about yourself uh yeah a little frustrated to drop drop that ball but um i think i uh, worked hard and tried to put, put, uh, put the yardage carriage in for the team but uh yeah i need to do better to get that ball over the line but uh we got the job done yeah wigan next week be a big test yeah massively you know uh we're going to have been up there for the last couple of years. A tough team with a lot, a lot to handle. Um, you know, we, we probably didn't put our best foot forward in the pre-season game, uh, but that, you know that we move on and hopefully get the job done Friday. Brilliant. Cheers and uh, good luck. So that was Paul Riley talking to yourself, Paul, after the game and his first experience of the Golden Point extra time win. Yeah, I thought he was at he was at Solve when we beat Ulcare that time in 2019. We beat them in the last regular league game of the season before the playoffs won it I'm sure he was at Salford then but perhaps yeah he must have been he must have forgot about that one I think we won 17-16 didn't we home to them so yeah he was he was pleased with the uh, with the result though wasn't he and uh, you know why why not because it was a tough it was a tough game it, it was one of them you're not gonna I come away from the game talking to our image and he said oh we weren't as good last week as last week what we dad and I said well in rugby league I said you're not gonna get two weeks the same like that and everything's gonna come off every week and other teams are gonna come and play different tactics and it doesn't always pan out like that does it that you're gonna get 60 odd points every week and and you and you lose farm as well, don't you? And, and things like that. So, so yeah, I was just pleased to get the result. And I think Paul Rowe is the same because now it gives us the chance to go and have a crack at Wigan, doesn't it? And uh, what a, what a victory that would be if we could get over the hill there. Yeah. Uh, looking at the stats, Parker, top tacklers: Callum Watkins, forty-seven. Tyler, Andy Acker's 43. Tyler Durpree, thirty-three. Shane Wright, forty-four, and Adam Sidlow, thirty-seven. Yeah, it's a lot of work. There was a lot of defending to do, and a lot of sort of those those, those crucial ones, the one-on-one ones that need to be made. I thought Callum Watkins defensively was awesome the other day. I really did. I think it, he he stood out for that. And then again, I'm glad you know someone like Shane Wright, who's a real unsung hero every single week. He's the you know one of them players you need in your team. It does does that filthy work, and his work rate is incredible as well. So. Yeah, I thought there'd be a lot of defending this week. Last week, I think we read the stats out, and I think 20-odd was the most any player did. So it just shows the difference in the game as well. But them lads, they work so hard. And considering 
we had players like Danny Addy and, and Matty Costello and people like that, like I mentioned before, who haven't played much. There's a lot of work to be picked up by other players to help them guys out, and, and they did that well. Yep. Looking at the top metre makers, Paul, Ken C, 170, Callum Watkins, 116, King V, 74, Tyler Dupree, 94, Shane Wright, 78, Adam Sidlow, 135, Reese Williams, 122, Dion Cross, 104, and Matty Costello, 88. For me, I thought Adam Sidlow was wonderful on, on Sunday again. Said last week, you wait, but I said to back last week, someone must steal his half-time orange because he comes out, plays like a man possessed. Think it happened again on Sunday. Yeah, well, tell you what, I, I criticised him a bit after the Warrington game because I thought he was poor at Warrington. I thought he looked off the pace, he looked his age. And then I hate my words, really, because last week at Hull, I thought he was one of our best forwards. I thought he'd come on, he was he offloaded the ball really well. He was every top opportunity he got, he was trying to offload it. And then I was dead impressed with him again against Wakefield. I thought he'd come on. And he run the ball in hard. He was running the ball in harder than anybody. And I tell you what, I don't like slagging players off. And I'm not going to slag players off. But this week at Wigan, King Vunniaiwa and Jack Armand need to pull the fingers out because I thought they were both poor against Wakefield. Uh, big blokes, they've got to take that ball in hard. You've got to run it in hard. Do your job. That's all you've got to do. Just drive that ball in hard. And Adam Sidlow did that. Uh, he's not on there to, to win matches and throw worldly passes out. He's on there to do his job, and, and he did his job in an abundance. I was really impressed with him. So, so yeah, I, I was poor against Warrington, but I said, I, I mean, I think you've got to give him a bit of a slack, really, because he'd not played for ages. So perhaps I was being a bit harsh on him there at Warrington because I, I think he's been great since, and um, yeah, did really well. Top yeah. forward. As long as someone keeps eating that orange on him, I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, Parky, obviously, four players in both lists. Callum Watkins, Tyler Durpree, Shane Wright, Adam Sidlow. Obviously, it's great. Obviously, you have, you have a nucleus of a team that are both making your metres and making the tackles. It sort of helps the team, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. And you're going to get that. You always get players like that. I mean, Tyler Dupree, we mentioned him last week. I know we mentioned most players last week, to be fair. But he's been he's just been outstanding. Hmm. Absolutely outstanding. His work rate is in, you know, he's superb. He makes meters when he takes it in. And like you just said there, his defence is obviously, you know, on point as well. I think he's just been a real star this year. And again, we've lost players from the pack, Ollie Parton said, I like Gerard, people like that, who who would help do that kind of work. And he's so he's taking it on himself a little bit to do more. And I think the more I see of him, the more I think he's he's gonna be international quality. He's just got it. I agree with what Paul said about you know two of the other props on, on Sunday. Just something missing, something not right from him the other day. I don't know whether I, I mean I don't know I don't know what goes on in training. It could be you know it could be carrying knocks. It could be could be ill. Could be anything on the day. It just doesn't go your way. But they didn't have the impact that I would have liked. But the other guys really stood up for him. And if you can do that and cover for a couple of players every now and then, you know when, when you're all firing, that's you know it's going to be a great a great sign. Yeah, so big thanks for your three-word match reports for Man of the Matches. Fletcher, below par performance, Costello, Patrick Conley, ground it out, Costello. Ah, S. Richmond, nowhere near Costello. Les Keenan, tw- two points at Kins. Dave H, too many mistakes, Sneed. Salford Red, never in doubt, Sneed. Clarky squad players, indifferent, Sneed. Jill, 
Winston, that was hard. Craig Carter wins a Winsneed. KDL, my three words, was Castello, Dupree, Sidlow. That's clever. A Art B, poor home from Sidlow. Stephen Warrington, worst game ever. Mm, was a tough watch, we'll say. Anita, so very boring. Costello, Jacob, Gallagher, lacklustre attack, shocking Sidlow. I think that's a bit, it's a bit harsh, that Parker. Lacklustre. Yeah, yeah, I think, like I said at the start, I don't know, and I might be massively wrong and talking completely out of, out of, out of tune here, but I think more attitude than, than, than ability on Sunday. I think mm. we, we might have gone into the game. Not as focused, perhaps, or certain players may not have been as switched on thinking it's not Holloway this week, it's Wakefield at home, we'll be okay. And that's not, you know, that's not what good teams do. And I mm. understand what he's saying when he says lackluster. I think it's probably a little bit harsh, but I think we have to give Wakey a, a lot of credit for their efforts as well. But uh, yeah, no, like you said before, Rob, it's a game of opinions, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's how you see the game. Um, Mike Murphy, exciting last 10 minutes. Liam Miles off Costello. Anthony Lancashire, Scruffy wins Count Sneed. Wayne Stuart Smart wins a win, Costello. Andy Smith wanted to go home. Dupree, Colin Wilson, very ugly win. Atkin, Richard Martin, pretty pretty poor, Costello. Ben Wheeler, not very good, Costello. Colin Reynolds were awful, Sidlow. Tony Frame, nail-biting finish, Sneed. Chairman Bob Scruffy, horrible win, Shane Wright. Steve Whitehouse, very scrappy game. Your mate, Paul Royalaby, worse than uh, Rovers. Costello, OSF, glad it's over, Costello. Parker, you said, we got lucky. Dupree and Natalie Taylor, drop goals galore, Costello. So, it's a bit of a mixture there, Paul, of, of people who, who wanted to go home and, and people that were, were happy that we got a result. Yeah, I wanted to go home when we got beat by 90 at in Bradford, not when we were winning it home to Wakefield. I mean, these, are, <laughs> these are the games you want to see, aren't they? But well, one thing I will say, I mean, at the end of the day, you can score 60 points at all, you get two points. You beat Wakefield by a point at all, you get two points. If we finish in that top six, top four or whatever, that two points is vital. You've just got to get the win. You can't you can't roll up to a game every week. St. Helens are finding this out. You can't go every week and, and tonk teams with 40 points. It doesn't work. Teams will play different. Teams will frustrate you. Teams will play different tactics. Your passes won't come off. Look at the old KR game. Oh, we, we tried to play the way we did against Hull, but it didn't come off. Against Hull, it came off. So, I think if you're playing this sort of game that Paul really likes us to play, when it comes off, yeah, it's wonderful, but it doesn't always work. It doesn't always come off, and you've got to find a plan B. And I think that's what we're finding at the moment. We're, we're struggling to, to sort of find that plan B. And I think when we do, we'll be we, we we did do. We got through the game. We got the win. But mm. that's the secret, isn't it, to a, to a good side? You know, you know, getting past your opponents like any sport. Any you know, boxer or whatever you're fighting, such a body, you can't beat him that way. You've got to beat. Him. It's all about tactics, isn't it, and about how you deal with your opponent and your opposition. So I was delighted that we got the win because somebody said to me on the way out, you know, two years ago, we'd have lost that game. And I thought, yeah, you're probably right. You know, we, we might have done so. The two points is all that matters. Said that to is it Mark Will Wilson as, as we left. I said that it's a game you usually lose, and he just looked at me and nodded. So he said, "We're all in this. We all know." Like Parker said last week, last week Parker, we looked at this Wakefield fixture and thought, "Well, here we go, banana skin," and we we managed to avoid the the skin, and we still didn't fall over. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly what we all thought, wasn't it? And we, sh- we shouldn't have been thinking that way. And in the end, it worked out that we. We were right to think that way. Mm. 
Um, I think what Paul's just said there, I think we said, you know, most most of that earlier on as well, that it's, it's a case of winning when we make the playoffs. We'll, we'll just look at that as another two points. And, and I, as I've said earlier on as well, I, I won't remember that game in a few months' time. I hope I don't remember it next week. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's over now. It's gone. It's in the history books. We've won. However you win it, you win it. And I think listening to, to them man of the match things there, I, I, I do agree. I do agree with the wanted to go home thing in terms of what I said to you earlier on that I didn't I didn't feel that that explosion that I thought I would when the drop goal went over. I wasn't I kind of just gone relief. Thank God for that. Now can we go sort of thing, you know? And obviously now I think about it, I think well, realistically, was it that bad? Uh, and I just think. Like it just lost its edge. The ground lost. The, the, the crowd had lost their atmosphere. It, you know, it, it killed everything off. I think, and it, it just made for a dull, a dull afternoon. Mm. And like, you know, again, I'll go back on what I said. I think both teams were fairly average, let's say, and the referee was as bad. So it didn't make for a, a great, entertaining afternoon. But again, we won. We'll win on. is a win is a win. That's all that matters. So let's move on to the other. Results from last week, Parker. The reserves were beaten by Wakefield after the main event. They lost forty nil. Stuart Wilkinson's boys. We know obviously the where they are in the in their development. Wakefield just bigger, more organised, unfortunately. But I'm sure you know the boys will uh, will learn from that and come back stronger. Yeah, like I say, we stayed and watched a bit of it, and it was yeah, it was definitely that. You could see Wakefield were better. I, I was not drilled as such, but they looked more of a team. They looked like they knew each other. They were a little bit patchy. I think in the first sort of ten minutes, I think we might have knocked on twice. We we, we tried a short drop kick, uh, drop out. They didn't go the ten. They gathered the ball. The t- you know, a few meters out from your line. It just seemed like there was no cohesion with our lads. Unfortunately, and Wakefield were just slicker and you know, like say, bigger and a little bit quicker. Um, but uh, these, you know, these are the things we've got to learn from. Sometimes it takes a tough lesson to, to, you know, to make you better, to make you stronger. And I'm sure they'll look back on that. And and I've learned quite a lot about themselves. And it's how you bounce back now. It was a tough defeat. But Wakefield, to the credit, did look quite good. So as, as bad as things look at Wakefield at the moment on, you know, with the first team, they've certainly got lots to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Uh, PDRL team Paul played in their first festival in Wigan on a Sunday. They played two games. They played Casford, lost 18-14, but then played Hull and won 22-6. So what a great afternoon for them. One win, one defeat. But like I say, making memories, aren't they? And obviously we've got a strong team now. I think it's like a complete solver team rather than other teams filling in for us as well, which, which shows how much progress that we've made. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And I saw some of the photographs as well that were, were taken <laughs> the day and everyone looked like they'd enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it looked like a good day. I mean, one win and a defeat's not that bad, is it? They, they're learning all the time and getting better and better, aren't they? And, and I think for the, the, the guys who are playing, they're enjoying themselves, aren't they? And, you know, it's, it's great that we're representing our club. You know, they can say they can play for Salford. So how proud is that? You can go home and tell your family. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure there'll be more of those festivals coming up, especially now we get to the, the warmer months in the spring and the summer as well. So there are loads to look forward to. So uh, congratulations to him on the win. Yeah, Paul Jones 
Park. He scored the first Salford try. Other try scorers, Justin Martin, Sean Begley-Jones, Paul Jones and Ben H. So like what we've said, you know, what, what, an, what an achievement. Obviously, they've got a great team there and they're playing some good rugby too. Yeah, yeah, really good. It's nice to see him back. You know, it's a long gap between the, the, the last time we performed and now. I just hope the, the enjoyment's there. Do you know what I mean? There's no, no pressure on these these guys. Just go and enjoy it. Enjoy the game, the inclusivity of rugby league. You know, and it's it seems that no matter what animosity you have between fans, you know, in a Super League game or whatever else, when these guys get to it, it's all gone. There's none of that. It's it's about the game. It's about rugby league. It's about meeting. It's about having fun. And that's, when you think about it, that's what sport should be. I think we forget about that. I mean, I've been moaning for the last half an hour about our first team on Sunday. Did it, does it does it matter that way? No, these, you know, these guys are showing us how it should be. And uh, I can't wait for them, you know, to, to get a game down at, uh, at the Salford Stadium soon so we can, we can all come and watch them. Yeah. Super exciting stuff going on there. So that's the look at all the na- all the games for this week, and now we'll look at all the big news coming out of the club. So we'll start Parkett with the new, well news from last week that Becky Davis, one of our ladies, has been uh, appointed as North West Crusaders head coach, uh, first ladies head coach in, in Wales. I think, obviously, you know, what what an achievement for her. Absolutely. Well, I, I saw the story, sort of, and I didn't, I, I didn't read the full thing, but I thought, oh, that, that's good. You know, what a massive advance that is. You know, a female coach of, you know, a League One team, that's, that's, that's some effort. And then you told me this, that, you know, she's one of our ladies. What an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is real breakthrough stuff. And again, Full credit to to North Wales Crusaders for giving the opportunity. There's a, a lot of easier routes to go down. Um, and well done to Becky for putting a name in the hat and, and a neck on the line. Because who'd be a head coach? Uh, he's, you know, it's, it's unforgiving. Mm. It really is. So uh, really, I wish her all the, all the success. I know North Wales were pretty decent last year. They've had a tough start, but I hope she can do really well there. And, and it just opens doors now, doesn't it? You know, these... It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. You know this is this is what this game's about, and uh, yeah, I wish her, I wish her all the very best, and I'll certainly be looking out for their scores every week. Yeah, she is injured, so she's not leaving, so that's why she's able to do this, which is great. Obviously, it helps Paul in a development. Obviously, being injured, you can go and you know help the Crusaders down there. She's she's from Wrexham as well, so it's it's local to her. Oh, hi, yeah, and, and, and how good is that for your experience as well? You're getting there, first-class experience of coaching, so you're going to learn loads of stuff. You're learning on the job, and that what you learn there, you're going to bring back to when you're playing as well. So, yeah, it's, it's groundbreaking, like Parky says, and it just shows you that if you're good enough to do the job, mm. then then you should be given the job. Yeah, and it made big news. Well, Brexham Radio covered it, and I listened to the to their program about it, which is which is great. So yeah, good luck to Becky in in, in that role. Other ladies' news, Parker, is that three of our ladies have been selected to play two to play for GB teachers and one to play for UK Armed Forces. Tasca Curran and Helena Walker have been selected to play for GB teachers, and Phoebe Partington has been selected to play for the UK and Armed Forces, who are playing against each other tonight. Wow, 
Mm. Well, I mean, how good is that? Yeah. I mean, we we mention them every week, the, the ladies, and how, how fantastic it was last year and the strides they've made. And now, you know, three of them being, being recognised for their talent, uh, picked in, in rep jerseys. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And it's, again, it's like what Paul said there about, you know, Becky being at, uh, at the Crusaders and what she'll learn from coaching that she can bring back. Again, these guys have gone off now. They're, they're, they're playing with other players, probably, you know, maybe more senior players that have been playing for a lot longer or, or whatever and under different coaches. For more stuff they can bring back to us and put into our camp, you know, ahead of what is going to be a massive season. So, yeah, congratulations to them, to them girls. It's a massive achievement and, you know, another honour for our club. Yeah, Phoebe Parton will have the bragging rights over the other two, Paul because UK Armed Forces ended up winning 14-10. But obviously a great achievement for three girls to be involved in such a game. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And those those bragging rights, I'm sure, will be getting spoken about now, <laughs> as they always do. But yeah, it's great. And they're involved in that. And uh, you know, it's testament to them and a testament to the club at Salford as well that we've got people in these representative teams. It's just, just put helps put us on the map just that little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. The club have put an offer out park it for season ticket holders plus one so 50% off someone else's ticket if you can persuade him to get to the Huddersfield game which is great obviously we need more offers the better might entice a few more in yeah we need people to take up these offers I don't think enough people do I mean we can help we can get the word out there as as fans just speak to people and just see I'm doing it I've already discussed with a couple of people about bringing them down or trying to get them down I've just got to work out how it works with seats and so on because obviously <laughs> I've got a season ticket with my brother and my me, me niece mm. and nephews all in one bit uh, and around us all the seats are taken. So obviously I wouldn't, my, anyone I bring wouldn't be sat with me and that makes it a little bit more awkward. So I've got to look into that. But yeah, it's a brilliant idea. Absolutely. We need bums on seats. We need people to get into this into rugby league again or come back to it. And if this is, this is the way, I mean, a half-price ticket it's brilliant. I think sometimes maybe the price does put people off and it's mm. not expensive to, to watch Salford. It really isn't in terms of what other sporting events and other clubs charge. But if your budget is a little bit tight and you're kind of, oh, I don't know if I like rugby or I don't know if I want to go, I don't, you know, I don't know enough about it, whatever. This is a great way of introducing people. And mm. I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I can get maybe, you know, at least 10 people to come down with me you know, to join us with our season tickets. And if everybody did the same, because we know, I don't want to disrespect them, but I know Huddersfield won't be bringing thousands because they don't. So make the stadium, make the atmosphere and then get people hooked. Because I think once you watch Rugby League, except for last Sunday's game, if you can avoid that, well, you, you watch Rugby League, you will get hooked. It is that kind of sport. It's brilliant. It's just getting people down there in the first place. And the club, again, needs to be commended for trying this. It, it, we could sit here now and go, well, that's it. Put our hands up. We, we, we're not getting any more fans. We can't win. We'll, we'll go along with the 4,000 every week. That'll do. Until someone throws us out of Super League. Because that's, that's what could happen. So uh, we need people to start taking up these offers. And we, we as fans got to do our bit and spread the word. Yeah, it's a bit of both for me, Paul. Club need to keep coming up with ideas, but like Parky said, the people of Salford need to be enticed in and, and 
decide to to take the plunge two-way street we'll keep going to the well hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get some water soon something the people are soft to, to go you know if they want a rugby league team in the city you've got to get behind it and blooming support it don't you so I mean, there's there's plenty of people who, who who travel all over the show, don't they? I mean, I I don't live anywhere near Salford anymore, but you still go every week, don't you? If you want to go, you'll go. So, the the club can only do so much. They can't force you. The club can't come around your house and bundle you in the back of a car and take you to the game. They can't. <laughs> so I know you're laughing, but you've. I mean, the, there's no use preaching to the converted. The people who go watching Salford go watching week in week out. We know that because it, we take more or less the same home people go to the away games, don't we? So I mean. We've, we've spoke about that this season. We probably take more away from home as a proportion of our own support than any other club in the league. So we know that. So uh, it's just getting people, you know, lapsed people who used to go years ago. You know, you, you've all, I mean, we've all laughed about it before. We've been in a taxi and taxi drivers said, we all used to go there years ago to the Willows and all that. These are the sort of people you need to get back there. And, and how you entice them, I don't know. I mean, the club put all sorts of offers on for, for Mother's Day and that. Didn't the club were working the socks off? And they can only do so much, can't they? So I think it's up to the, the if you want a club, you know, you, you've got to go and support them, haven't you? So I think the club do do loads. I think they really do. They've really, last couple of years, the, the social media, the emails and all that, they're absolutely spot on with it. Yeah, I mean, we can slag them off in the past and say, oh, they've never told us about this, never told us about that. They never advertise anything. But I think they do a great job now. They do a great job in the community. We've only just been talking about the... The teams that we've got, the ladies team, the, the learning disability team, the physical disability, we, we're doing so much there. I mean, they can't do much more. I mean, we've not, we're not awash with money to employ loads and loads of people to work for us, have we? So, so yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. There's, you're always going to have teams that have not got as much support as other. Me and Parker were having a chat outside the ground before, before on Sunday, and we said like about Man United and Brighton and Burnley and all that they've got different amounts of people watching them and that that's how rugby league's always going to be and perhaps we'll never get crowds like what Leeds are getting like what we're going to get in but you know if we can we can just get a few more I thought the crowd on Sunday 4,700 was a decent crowd and I, I'm, I've just been on my phone now trying to track the, the attendance for last year when we played Wakefield because I reckon it was higher I don't think we got 4,700 against Wakefield last season mm. so I think our crowds are slowly but surely creeping up Okay, so let me write that down then. Possible kidnap question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, you know, it's it is it is a good thing. The talking about good things, Parker, the rising star it starts again in April, year ten and year eleven pupils can get involved in that and part of the, the people in the programme now have been selected to play for the England Community Lions. Alfie Howe, Jack Reed. Jack Bibby, Dylan Hughes, Xavier De Charlie, Leo Marley, and Ethan Gaffey have all been selected to play for the England Community Lions. So, congratulations to them for ever on the podcast. Wow, I mean that, that's that's true. That's a lot of players mm. from from one club, like, like the nineteen seventies tourists. Yeah. <laughs> no, brilliant. Again, the work that's gone on behind the scenes that people don't always see. I'm, I'm, I was going to have a little rant in a bit because I know there's something coming, something else coming up. So, but about this, but yeah, brilliant. Them, them boys, will, they'll absolutely love it. And and again, it just shows, doesn't it, that we, at the moment we can't we can't have an elite academy, we can't have this, we can't have that, and yet we're still producing players for rugby league. We're still doing our bit, and yeah. So, 
get get down on these courses. They're obviously working, mm. and you know, again, a lot of good people putting a lot of time in. Uh, so yeah, no, again, full credit to the club and to them, them lads who have been been selected. Yeah, other news: the foundation. There is a dance program going to be take, taking place in April at Hilton Square, Swinton, between the third of April and the sixth of April for to fourteen year olds. Paul, obviously, it's great. Obviously, half term is always a thing when you've got kids finding things for them to do, and uh, people have uh, solved an opportunity there to, to take your kids down to this dance program and uh, let them have a good time. Is it half term? Is it nearly half term? Yeah. Oh, it's Easter, isn't it? Yeah, nearly bloody hell. It's reminded me there, then, the talks about all my kids. But it seems to be off these kids, don't they? But yeah, um, yeah, you're always looking for stuff, aren't you, in um, after-term holidays and, and what have you to keep, them, to keep them busy. I mean, I don't. I just tell me, miss, I've got no holidays left at work, so I <laughs> stay at work. But, but no, no, the more that you can keep occupied, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Paul's head fell off then. What? That's after-term? <laughs> 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 so gives you give you a couple of weeks, Paul, to sort something out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't um, it, it's nearly Easter, isn't it? Yeah, I'm thinking because we play Lee, don't we, on Easter Saturday? So mm-hmm. um, I've, I was supposed to be working that day, but I swapped it the other day. It works, so it, it'll soon be here, won't it? Yeah. So it's just crept on us this time, on it really Easter, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, other news regarding the foundation at Parkett, they've been nominated for Community Organisation Award, National Diversity Award. Uh, which is great for everything they do in the community to be to be nominated for such a great award. Yeah, I was I was going to wait, but I'm going to do it now. Go on. Last week we we had a, a chat about the IMG thing and, and everything else, and then we got on to the fact that the council are doing a, a loan to the club. Yeah, and they, there's been people whinging and complaining about it. Just go back over the last probably five or six subjects that we've just spoke about. And how many of them come from the community based, the people who work within the community, mm. from Salford Rugby League Club, from the development players to the dancing to, you know, the PDRL, absolutely everything. And now this, this is what Salford Rugby League offers to this city that is worth more than money. These are things that this club do that people don't see, don't care about, don't want to know about. They see the council giving you this much money and you've got these 17 players running about on a pitch and that's it. The work that these people do behind the scenes, the foundation, and it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. This is just more evidence of what they give. And and it highlights it. I mean, the, our club is, is a shining light and there's nothing else in this city like this. Let's not forget that. You know, if you take sort of rugby league away, this is gone. There is none of this. These opportunities that we're giving to people. I mean, you've always said it, Rob, an opportunity club. And I know you mean it sometimes, you know, as a, a player who's been cast off elsewhere, being given to, it's for everything and everybody in this city. This is what this club means. And people who are going on about the money, well, I'll tell you what, let the council keep the money. Let's lose all this. And let's see how many people are unhappy then. Because these things won't be there to be offered. You know, I know we do learning skills as well. and think it's, it covers everything in the community and everything to do with this city. And people should be proud and actually shouting from the rooftops for what we do. And, and like you just said there, we're up for, you know, we're up for an award now. For it, it, It's just, it blows my mind at times. And, uh, and people have still got the, 
the cheek to say, you know, well, what we're bothering for. Um, no, wonderful news and, and fingers crossed. Yeah, Park is it home run there, Paul? Yeah, he certainly has. He certainly has. I, I've seen people slagging the club off uh, and having a go at them because of these council loan and things like that. Uh, most people that I, I heard slagging it off were supporters of another team, which I'll, I won't mention. And we all know we're probably on about. But no, the the club's a, a real beacon, I think. You know, in the in the community, and it has been. I, I've watched it. I think the the club has done great stuff over the years on, on and off the pitch to you know keep youngsters involved and the all the summer camps and things that they do there with their kids. It, our club doesn't have somebody pumping loads of money in, does it? At the end of the day, we are community based now, aren't we? Everyone's mucking in and doing their thing. You've got supporters trust. You've got all these different things that we've just spoken about. All the different sides of it. You know, getting everybody involved. And I think we're much more than a rugby club now, aren't we? We're a family, and and that's what it's all about. And like Parky said, there's not a right light else in the city for people to to get involved with. So long live rugby league and, and, and rugby league in this city, and and then the whole community that, that brings in. It's not just rugby league; it's all those other stuff that you mentioned as well. And and yeah, I think you know people who are criticising that. I think you know you have a look at yourself really. This, this club does an awful lot, and and yeah, long may that continue. I'm going to run out of balls if you both keep it and throw home runs. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were two wonderful, wonderful monologues there about what the Salford Devils Foundation is all about. Also, one of them, Heather Robinson's been nominated for Positive Role Model Award for all the hard work with the PDRL, the Learn Disabilities team, and also the wheelchair team. Obviously, she does such a great job, and you can vote for her and the foundation on the website. We'll put the link on our socials, Parker. Hopefully, the foundations and Heather will both get a result we want. That's fantastic news. Yeah, Heather's, she, she's been tireless for the last couple of years. Mm. She's just, just trying to get everything off the ground, and she's worked tremendously hard and in her own development as well I know she's, she's got to do the coaching and everything she took it you know to that next level now actually plays in, in the teams as well it's full, full credit to her and uh, and everybody involved it's, it's again you know I, I, can't, I can't go on again I can't you can it's just another <laughs> example of of how good th- th- this club are and the people who work and represent this club they deserve all the credit they get and long may it continue yeah if your heart's not bouncing out of your chest at the moment about how well this club is doing you're not doing it right basically for me wonderful you know from top to bottom we've got we're a club that's that's going in the right direction and long may it continue so that's all the big news coming out of the club and now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with white sides world of rugby league Hello, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail, Amateur Report and World of Rugby League. We'll start off this week with the National Conference League. Rochdale Mayfield, after their heroics in the Challenge Cup, their unbeaten run continues in the Premier Division. They beat Siddall by 16 points to 4 on uh, on Saturday. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers went down 28 points to 12 at Barrow Island. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's beat Millen by 18 points to 12. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 25th of March, Rochdale Mayfield go away from home to West Hull. West Hull are one place behind Mayfield in the league table. They're two from two as well, so something's got to give there in that one. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Milford. And in Division 3, it's Eastmore Dragons against Oldham St. Anne's. Sorry, there's another Division 2 game as well. I've missed them out. Warhead Warriors face Norman tonight. 
Well, turning our attentions to the Northwest Youth League on Sunday, just gone in the under 18s Premier Division, Blackbrook Royals 38, Waterhead Warriors 14. In Division 1 of the under 16s, Newton Storm 26, Folly Lane 18. In Division 2, Hindley 10, Saddleworth Rangers 38. Uh, the fixtures, sorry, for this week. Have we got some fixtures for this week? Oh, sorry, there's one more result for you. This was on Saturday the 18th of March. Division 1, Thunder 13, Shevington Shark 66, Rochdale Mayfield. Neil, I tell a lie, there's another one as well. In the under 15s, Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield beat Charlie Pampers by 34 points to nil. Uh, Division 2, there's some more There's some more results as well, I can't read. There's some more results here. The under-14s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's goal, 16, Folly Lane, 16. Division 3 of the under-14s, Askham, 12, Salford City Roosters, 24. In the under-13s, Division 2, Goldbourne Parkside, 36, Oldham St. Anne's, 8. Lee Minor Rangers goals, 20, Saddleworth Rangers, 38. The fixtures for this week is the Lancashire Cup, under-18s, round 1. Lee East face Salford City Roosters, that's on Sunday the 26th of March, as is Saddleworth Rangers against Oral St. James. Uh, Thatterweath Crusade against Rochdale Mayfield Waterhead Warriors against Charlie Panthers in the under 16s on Sunday the 26th of March Lancashire Cup round 1 Blackbrook or Wollstone will face Langworthy Reds Rochdale Mayfield play Ryland Sharks Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Folly Lane and Wigan St Pat's are at home to Salford City so good luck to all our local sides in Lancashire Cup action We'll turn our attention now to the North West Men's League Division 1 on Saturday the 18th of March. Caddy's Head Rhinos 10, Charlie Panthers 14, Folly Lane 34, Dalton 18, Salford City Roosters 18, Thatton Heath Crusaders 10, Wigan St Cuthbert's 22, West Orton Lions 22. In Division 3, it was Higginshaw 10, Watthead Warriors A48. In the Alliance Division, Wigan St Jude's A6, Oldham St Anne's A20. The fixtures for this Saturday, Division 1, Ulverston face Folly Lane, Salford City Roosters are at home to Caddy's Head Rhinos, West and Lions play Wigan Stringview. In Division 2, it's Wollstone Rovers A against Rochdale Mayfield A. In Division 3, Garswood Stags at home to Waterhead Warriors A. West Bank Bears face Langworthy Reds and Crossfields A face the Rochdale Hornets. In the Alliance Division, it's Oral St. James A at home to Oldham St. Anne's A. Turning our attention to France and the French French League Elite 1. Results from uh, last week, Avignon 16, Albi 54, Limoux 52, St. Gowden's 0, Pia 32, Carcassonne 22, St. Esther 40, Toulouse 22 and Villeneuve 18, Lesignon 48. The fixtures for Saturday, Albi face St. Estiev, Carcassonne face Limoux and Lesignon at home to Avignon. On Sunday, St. Gowden's play Villeneuve and Toulouse play Pia. So at the moment, 16 games in, Limoux are top of the table, uh, level with Carcassonne, they're just top on points difference, Lesignon are in third place and then it's Albi in fourth place. There's a big gap then of eight points to, uh, to Pia who, uh, who are mid-table. In wheelchair rugby league, some results for you on Saturday the 18th of March in the Super League. Warrington Wolves 12, Leeds Rhinos 118. In the Championship, Sheffield Eagles 60, Bradford Bulls 12. And the fixtures for this, uh, sorry, sorry, there's some fixtures on Sunday as well. London Roosters 64, Hull 42, Wigan Warriors 59, Halifax Panthers 45. Championship, North Wales Crusaders 68, Wigan Warriors 54. And the fixtures for this week, uh, the Argonauts will play in the Medway Dragons in the South Division. And on Saturday the 25th of March, Sheffield Eagles face Wigan Warriors A. Well, it was NRL action, round three of the NRL. Manly Seagulls 34, Parramatta Eels 30. The Dolphins won again, Newcastle Knights 20. The Dolphins 36, their run continues there, three from three. In the big Sydney derby, Sydney Roosters 20, South Sydney Rabbitohs 18. Gold Coast Titans 38, Melbourne Storm 34. North Queensland Cowboys 12, New Zealand Warriors 26. Brisbane Broncos 40, St George Illawarra Dragons 18. Canterbury Bulldogs 26, West Tigers 22. 
and the Canberra Raiders 24, Cronulla Sharks 20. Some cracking matches there. Uh, so that leaves the league table. Brisbane Broncos are top, along with the Dolphins. They're both three from three. And then follows the Manly Seagulls, who've got two wins and a bye. Then it's New Zealand Warriors. Penrith, Gold Coast Titans, Sydney Roosters and Canterbury, who make up the uh, the top uh, playoff section. Uh, West Tigers and Parramatta Reels are both bottom with three defeats from uh, three matches. There were fixtures this week. The Sky Tele game on Thursday is Parramatta Reels against Penrith Panthers. That's at nine o'clock. On Friday, it's Melbourne Storm against West Tigers. The Tele game is Dolphins against the Broncos at nine o'clock. On Saturday, North Queensland Cowboys face Ghost Colt. Cold Coast Titans, South Sydney Rabbitohs are home to Manly Seagulls. On Sunday, New Zealand Warriors face Canterbury Bulldogs. Newcastle Knights are at home to Canberra Raiders. The telly game at quarter past eight is St George Illawarra Dragons against the Cronulla Sharks. Well, finally this week, we'll have a look at domestic action. The Super League was round five last weekend. Catsford Tigers beat Leeds Rhinos by 14 points to eight. Catalan Dragons continue their unbeaten run. They beat Hull KR by 26 points to 12. Huddersfield 12, Wigan Warriors 14. Salford 14, Wakefield Trinity 13 after the Golden Point extra time. St. Helens 20, Hull FC 12. And Warrington 38, Lee Leopards 20. Warrington keeping their unbeaten run going as well. In round six of the Betfred Championship, Bradford Bulls 32, Sheffield Eagles 18. Halifax Panthers 34, Keith the Cougars 10, Newcastle Thunder 6, London Broncos 36, Swinton Lions 6, Featherstone Rovers 34, Witness Vikings 12, Toulouse Olympic 14, York City Knights, or sorry, York Knights as they called now, they dropped the city out of it, York Knights 12, Whitehaven 14, so two 12-14 games there and two, two, uh, two cracking matches as well there. In the round three of the Betfred League 1, it was Doncaster 30, North Wales Crusaders 16, London Scholars 22, Hunslet 66, Midlands Hurricanes 24, Rochdale Hornets 32 and Workington Town 6 Dewsbury Rams 25 so that leaves the league table Warrington Wolves are top with 5 from 5 Catalan Dragons are second with 5 from 5 then come Wigan and Salford who've won 3 from 5 then it's Huddersfield and St. Helens who make up the uh, the top 6 Wakefield Trinity still bottom they've uh, lost all 5 of their matches Featherston Rovers are top of the shop in the championship they've won 6 from 6 Toulouse Olympic are second with 5 wins from 6 in the bottom 2 is Newcastle Thunder and Barrow Raiders in the Betfred League 1 Dewsbury Rams and Don Caster are both top of the table with three wins from three. London Scholars, North Wales Crusaders and Cornwall are yet to get a win. The fixtures for this week, there was one result, sorry, I need to bring you from Monday night. Batley Bulldogs beat Barrow Raiders, I think it was 24-12. That was the televised game on uh, Monday night, if my memory serves me correct. The fixtures for this week, Super League, Thursday night, the telly game is Huddersfield Giants against St. Helens. Uh, Friday, it's Casford against Warrington, Wakefield against Hulkingston Rovers and the Sky telly game is Wigan against Salford at 8 o'clock. On Saturday, Hull FC face Lee Leppers at 3 at 1 o'clock it's Lee Rhinos against Catalan Dragons and the Betfred Championship on Saturday Sheffield Eagles are at home to Toulouse on Sunday all these games are 3 o'clock in the Betfred Championship it's Barrow against Halifax Featherstone Rovers against York Knights Keith Cougars against Bradford Bulls London Broncos face Swinton Lions Whitehaven play Batley Bulldogs Witness Vikings are at home to Newcastle Thunder in the Betfred League 1 at 3 o'clock Midlands Hurricanes take on Workington Town there's 2 games at 1 o'clock that's Cornwall against London Scholars and Rochdale Hornets against Dewsbury Rams and there's a half past 2 game between North Wales Crusaders and Oldham. That's all I've got for you this week. Another marathon uh, report there for you. I shall see you on Friday night at Wigan. Take care of yourselves, have a good week and keep enjoying Euro Billy. So that was Whiteside's World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the Wigan game on Friday night. It's So, so for Devils travel to Wigan on Friday, Paul. 
obviously third v fourth will be a tough contest. Oh, going to Wigan's always a tough contest, Rob. Um, they're a benchmark club, aren't they? Mm. They've they've got they've got some top players. I mean, I'm just going back to that 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 pre-season game we had with them, I looked at the two wingers they've got in the two centres and you're probably looking at four of the best players in the league. You've got King, Wardle, Bevan French and Liam Marshall. The pace they've got. And then you, you add to that the pack of fours they've got as well. They've got Jai Field at the back. They, they've got a team full of star names, haven't they? And I think, I think to be honest with you, they've been a bit hit and miss so far this season. I think, you know, Paul Rowley will target, you know, the flaws that they've got in their team. I think there's the stuff we can... We can go there and, and play the game. We can go there and move the ball about. But I think they'll do the same to us. I think they'll shift the ball as well. It's, it's two teams that like to play good rugby league. I mean, look at the match last season at their place. 30-24 it was, I think, to Wigan. Uh, the drop goal from Morganesco. It was a cracking game, though. It was one of the best games of the season. And I think you'll probably see another game like that on Friday night. You've got two teams that love to play an expansive game and the, the brand of rugby league that's played the right way. And I think that's what we'll see. It'll be tough, though, because, you know, Wigan are very, very tough in the forwards. They'll play it close to the knuckle like they always do. You know, they'll get away with what they can. And we've got to, we've got to tough it up to that as well. Yeah, like Paul said, Parker, some stars, Bevan French, Jai Field, Wigan being Wigan. For me, though, it's the tactics that, they're, that they will employ. They will kick us into a corner and press, and it's up to us to escape. Yeah, I mean, defensively, normally we're going to are so, so solid, aren't they? They, they don't give much away. And that's going to be, you know, difficult. I don't think that'll change. I think the defence will be as tight as a drum. They've got pace and that kills teams. We've seen that ourselves, you know, what, what, what effect it has. They've got real pace in their team. And if, if they get half a chance, they'll take it. Uh, it's going to be tough. I think if we, if we were going there with, with a full squad... Without the injuries we've got, hmm. I wouldn't be that. I wouldn't be so um, sort of worried about it. I think. I think, like Paul said, I think we're going to have got frailties. I think this isn't maybe as strong as they have been. They're, I think they're a better attacking team than they've been before, but perhaps not not defensively as strong as you know. I, I watched them against Catalan the other week and. There was a couple of things that Catalan did, simple little things that, that caught Wigan out, which wouldn't normally happen. Now, they could tighten up on that. You know, that could have all changed. You know, they've, they've had, you know, games in between. Um, they're always very solid. They don't lose many at all. That's, that's a big key. But I think I think you'll see a different Salford than we saw on Sunday. Mm. The, only, the only thing that does worry me a little bit is it's a short turnaround. So bumps and bruises, you know, we're going to have to carry him into the game because we haven't got the squad to to cover for that. So uh, that could be a worry. But yeah, I'm 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 keen. I'm, you know, I've been I've got my ticket. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I, I expect to see a different Salford. I really do, and I think it will be tighter than people outside of the club or you know followers of other teams might think. But we're going to, going to be really strong, really really strong, and and it is you know it's a top four clash. I mean, <laughs> It's not very often we get to, to sort of brag about that, but it's about building for me. And if we get anything out of the game, well done. Because, like I say, it's a massive challenge. If not, it's just coming away with, you know, heads up and ready for the next week. We go again. We've got Huddersfield the week after at home. That's, that's a massive task. At the moment, they're, they're one behind us. This week, they've got the team one above us. It's, it's great to be in these games. And, but we, we go down no fear. 
you know, we like like Paul said in his interview, Paul really said, you know, we're underdogs and basically we're always the underdogs. That's more or less it. That's the way it is every week. So we'll just embrace it and move on. We'll we'll be fine. So yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it to be honest. Yeah, like uh, Parky said, Paul, short turnaround. Andy Acker's out for a couple of weeks as well. Opportunity for Amir Borough and Chris Atkin to play in that hooking role. And I spoke to Paul Prowler today in the press conference and he talked about being the underdog and, and how it kind of suits us. So it will be interesting to see what sort of happens against Wigan. Obviously, it's that transitioning it from a, a team that goes to Wigan thinking, well, keeping keep below 20, and a team that goes to Wigan and says, you know what, we might do them here. I think that 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 uh, mentality that keeping below twenty, I think that's eroded away over the last few years. That was always my sort of thing growing up. So, like, oh blimey, we'll, we'll do well to do, you know keep these below thirty or whatever. And <laughs> if it, it was a moral victory, if you went to Edinburgh or, or or Saints or whatever and kept them below 30, 40 points, but I think yeah, I don't think that's so much there anymore now. I mean, if you was Matty P looking at this game, a Wigan coach, you'd be worrying about Salford, thinking, blimey, they've got some good players, haven't that Brodie Cross, not a bad player, you know, there's there's some players in that team that can cause problems, so they'll be worried about us, but I think, like he said, like Parkey said as well, they're going about the back, yeah, they have got a piece, but I'm not sure about their pack, I, I mean, I don't think they're packed what it was, um, I think that's where, that, that's where this game will be won and lost for me, yeah, there's going to be quality out wide and that, but you've got to lay that platform in the middle, you've got to get on top, Jack Armour, King Vonnyaio, I've got to come out tearing, tearing to Wigan and really lay that platform down get on top of them quieten that crowd down and we've got players on that that can play off the back of that create chances and win that game so so yeah we've got players missing at the moment like Gerard's a big miss for us in the forwards you know Oliver Partington as well with him with him missing the two big misses there in the pack um, you've got Lafay out as well I know he's in the squad I don't know whether he'll play or not Joe Burgess uh, well, Joe thinks he's playing because he shouted over to me when he's on his way out on Sunday. Yeah, I'm definitely playing. Then Paul always said to me, "Well, I'll be the judge of that because I'm the team." So, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, no, I'm excited. It's like I remember Parker saying a few years ago. I'm sure you said this, Parker. When you got a like Edinley and when you got a Wigan, it's like going having an exam at school when you're at school. And and I, that's always stuck in my mind. That when I go see, I always think about him saying that. And uh, and yeah, it is. But these are the games you want to be involved in. Like now we can compete. We're not going there just to keep the score down. We're going there. We're Salford and, and we'll do you. If you're not on the, your game, we'll beat you. Look at the way we trumped all the other week. So teams are definitely wary of it. Other supporters are starting to get wary of us. So, uh, so yeah, bring on Friday night. Can't wait. Yeah, talking about homework and exams, Paul. Weather Friday? Um, Let's have a look. I don't know, mate. Oh. Um, I don't know. People need to know. They need to know what to wear. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll probably be going straight from work, so I'll have my uniform on, but uh, Friday night, so look, it's got 11 and 5, and uh, 50% chance of rain, so I'd say <laughs> your big coat, your big coat and your bobolat. Big coat, bobolat, <laughs> parker, that'll get, keep you going uh, at Wigan. What is your score prediction? It's a tough one, this. I think, I think like Paul said, I think the forwards will win and lose the game. We're low on numbers. You know, that's that's a bit of a worry. Losing Andy Akers is huge for me. He's such a huge cog in what we do. Uh, I think that's going to cause us a problem. I've, I've got nothing against Chris Atkin or Amir Borah. Certainly not Chris Atkin. I think he's a wonderful player. But then if he's moving from loose to, to hooker for part of the game, who's going in at loose? We've got issues there. So I think Wigan might edge it because they have got 
a bigger squad, more players to call upon, and they are at home, which is a tough place. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wigan 28, Salford 18. 2018 Wigan. Um, yeah. I'm going to go uh, Salford to win. I'm going to go Wigan 10, Salford 30, and Chris Atkin double. Takes the points back to Salford with a cheerful Paul Rowler. How about you, Paul? Well, we've got a 12 point start on the coupon. Okay. Uh, and the bookies aren't normally wrong. Well, mind you, they were wrong against Wakefield. They give Wakefield an 18 point start. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let me think now. I'm going to go for a win. Because mm-hmm. I always go for a win. Um, but I, I don't. I, I'm just looking at a weather forecast. I'm just thinking it might be a bit dicky the weather, you know, raining and windy and, you know, oh. like real howling gales and all that. So not a lot of points in the game. And Salford will win it 18 16. 18 16. I'd take that. That'd be a good result uh, for us. Been a really good podcast. Really enjoyable talking about the Wakefield win and all the great stuff that's going on in the community, Paul. Yeah, sorry, I was a bit late. I had to go to parents' evening and that tonight after after work and what have you. So it's been a bit of an hectic night. So I apologise, I was a bit late. But no, I've enjoyed it. Good to be back, lads. Did you get the teacher to to do your match reports? Bell check it. Well, they need to do, mate. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they need to do, man. I have to, skip, I have to prove read it about ten times. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, they are very good, Paul. You know, when there's lots of people sort of read them and, and comment about them, don't they? And it's it's great, obviously. You know, it gets out there and, and promotes yourself and, and, and the club. Yeah, just glad to help, mate. Glad to help. Yeah. Yeah, big thanks for, for tuning in. Big thanks for donating via the, the Kofi. Helps us for the programmes to help this podcast grow, Parker. With our listeners, we, we'd be three lads and a laptop. Yeah, absolutely, and and nobody needs that. I mean, that's no. I'm not going into that. It's a, it's a family show. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no, it's brilliant. I mean, our listeners, I think they're incredible. Every week, somebody comes up and says, "Oh, I love the podcast," or what, whatever. And you're like, "Wow, people actually know. People listen. What? It's crazy. It blows my mind. It really does." And you know, I, I'm just delighted that we. I think we we talk about rugby league, you know, all day anywhere. You know, this is just replacing the pub, I think, for us. <laughs> just chatting rugby league for hours and hours and end it. To have people who listen and, and enjoy is is something special. And we do, believe me, we don't take it lightly. This is, you know, I, I do thank people for tuning in. Yeah. So big facts tunes this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Abro Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. Fans on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact. Spotify and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you soon.